You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football. And you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Dave here with Casey. We are the football dudes. Are you ready, brother? You got that right, my friend. <laughs> you just crossed over into the trend zone. It's September, uh, Wednesday, September 13th. Or September. <laughs> we're coming at you for Los Angeles, California. It is an absolutely beautiful 71 degrees here in Santa Monica, California. And today's episode, Casey, we will talk about a disgruntled chief getting gruntled. The disappointment in Jetland and its new disappointment, not the regular stuff, and some other tough week one injuries and all of the awesome games coming up in week two of the NFL season. But Casey, before we get all that started, do you have a tasty nug for the peoples? Oh, baby, I'm packing. I got I got a few nugs here. Let's go through them, Dave. The Jets, the Lions, the Jags, the Raiders, the Finns, and the Commandos all earned wins after trailing in the fourth quarter. We're seeing a theme carry over from last year into this year. (laughs) And speaking of that, eight games decided by eight points or less. And Dave, we talk about it every year, going 2-0. That's where the money is. Since 1990, over 63% of teams that have started 2-0 have advanced to the postseason. In contrast to that, just over 41% of teams that begin 1-1 one and one have reached the playoffs. 2-0, baby. That's where it's at. Yeah, and I sense the parallel universe story maybe in next week's uh, episode with the 0-2 <laughs> teams uh, starting to panic. Okay, yeah. folks, Trend Zone is the show you are now listening to. And it is available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there for you. Casey, let's move it along to the top trending stories. And, get you know, get, this whole off season was a little trepidation for us as we have been doing the <laughs> more Sunday than a ticket. little. <laughs> yeah, more than a little. As we've been doing the Sunday ticket on DirecTV with seven TVs, watching all kinds of action. Uh, all at once, a head on a swivel. This year, the switch over to YouTube TV. I got to tell you, I was essing a, a brick there. So um, what did you think? How did, how did they do it? How they how they fare? Hey, it was way better than I thought it was going to be. I was just worried, too. And um, it looked great. And the thing that they did that DirecTV never understood was when it was that four-game package yeah. Just give me the screens. I don't need all the graphics. I don't need a huge thing taking up a third of the screen telling me I'm watching the Sunday ticket. No shit. I know what I'm watching. I've been watching that. Yeah, and with scores, when there's scores on the TV. There's scores on the TVs. I don't need that. They had so much wasted space. None of that with YouTube TV. I'd like a little more flexibility picking my four packs or picking my three and two, but the it was brilliant. It looked great. We didn't have any buffering issues. Nope. No digitization of any kind. Um, and I thought there were a lot of options in terms of those v- varieties of four packs and two packs and such. Uh, we didn't need that much. We did a two pack and it worked out great for us uh, at our location. So, uh, yeah, man, full thumbs up for uh, YouTube. Uh, they're, they're, they yeah. just took a step in front of Amazon because that streaming has not been nearly as mm-hmm. um as mistake free, you know, uh, everybody it, thinks they can just jump in and say, Hey, we're streaming now, but yeah, uh, definitely bravo for YouTube TV. Well right done, sirs. All right, so moving along, the next story here is one that's got us a little bit worked up here. It's the Monday night doubleheader, but this one, Casey, is not a regular doubleheader like we've had in the past, which is pretty cool. This one is staggered start times, yeah, so dude. Overlap. I'm- it's stupid. I hate this. It's like Monday night is supposed to be standalone games and we're all about more football, but yeah. just stack those puppies. Give me one early. Give me one late. Don't give me one that's starting in the middle because <laughs> they're, they'll put the score there and it's distracting me from these. I want, yeah. I want full attention on those. So, um, I mean, NFL, I'm going to have two TVs going side by side and I'm still feeling like the game's cheapened as a result of the overlap. Yeah, it's Monday night, man. Let's highlight this stuff. So NFL usually gets everything right. This is a little miss in my book, but I'll still be watching. 
Yeah, no question about that. <laughs> I'm not boycotting. All right, Casey, moving along to some good news uh, for Big Red. Uh, not the uh, Kool-Aid man, but uh, another dude. Oh, I thought it was because it was Taco Tuesday or something. No? <laughs> oh, no, you're talking about Chris Jones. He finally yeah. agreed to terms on a one-year deal with the Chiefs. Um, they found some extra money to get him sorted out, and that's a good thing. They definitely could have used him last Thursday night. Chiefs yeah. dropping that home opener. So we've seen w- what a disruptive nature this guy has on all the games. They needed to get him in there. Don't know what the long-term uh, copacetic-ness of this situation will be, but we know that he's going to be there week two, and that's a good thing for uh, the Chiefs' kingdom. No question about that. And there's more good news coming uh, for the Chiefs, Casey. Yeah, hopefully so. Travis Kelsey, he's making progress from that knee injury. Uh, Andy Reid did not say if Kelsey will be available for week two. I'm hoping he is because in my other league, that was my first overall pick. And I didn't have him last week. I still got the dub, but the Chiefs missed him, I think, even more than they missed Chris Jones, man. That offense was stale and uh, Mahomes didn't have a go-to guy when he needed to go to somebody. No doubt about that, dude. No <laughs> doubt about that. Okay, Casey, moving along. Uh, we probably buried the lead here, but uh, there is a – New York has a jet that is officially grounded. It's Aaron Rodgers. The news is stunning. What a total bummer, dude. We've been following this since the spring. Everybody was getting stoked yeah. about this move. Completely. Um, out of the darkness and into the jets. Yeah. We watched it on Hard Knocks. He uh, regained, I think, a lot of love from the people showing his personality. And I know yeah. I was completely stoked to see him in this offense on this team. The Jets with a great defense and a lot of weapons on offense. I was plugging them into the playoffs. Four freaking plays into the game. It was the Achilles. You could see it right away. And I think yeah. we've seen enough games to know what was going on there. But just a total bummer dude like i was stoked to see this and you know it's over before it even began dude yeah literally a like a punch in the gut and yeah. the the stadium the the electricity before and then after that moment had occurred it was just like ridiculous and it was a phenomenal game as it turned out uh and the jets pulled it out but um that doesn't the they they won the battle but they in, a, in essence they lost the war here yeah uh gacy Aaron Rodgers isn't the only one hopping around on one Achilles. Yeah, dude. Bummer for my uh, J.K. Dobbins from the Ravens. Battling back from a knee injury, man. This cat has been – it's just been totally awful for him injury-wise. So much talent, so much ability. He was kicking butt last week before he went down with the Achilles injury. He's going to miss the the entire season, and it's just a shame that this guy's yeah. not been able to stack a couple healthy years. Hopefully he gets back from this one, and he's able to continue his playing career, but that's a lot of injuries for a guy so young. No question, Casey. <clears throat> Keeping the theme of injuries going, a couple of hammies and a groin. It's uh, Panthers cornerback J.C. Horn uh, with a bad hammy. He'll probably miss a couple weeks. Steelers wide receiver Deontay Johnson. We saw that one uh, happen in action there. He's looking to miss a couple weeks. You know, Hammy's, I mean, there are a couple weeks, and that's if you're lucky, right? Yeah. And then Steelers defensive end Cam Hayward with a groin injury, uh, and he's going to have surgery to repair that. So that's going to take, I don't know, two months or something. We'll see if he can come back on that uh, this season or not. Uh, But that's not a good situation there. No, and keep it in Pennsylvania out there with the Eagles. N'Kobe Dean, he's got a foot injury. He's going to miss at least four weeks. Um, and he was starting to emerge into a role with those Eagles. So that is a total bummer. And in the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, Jacoby Myers, man, putting together a game. He's in the concussion protocol. We're not sure what his status will be for the weekend. So yeah. he's on your fantasy team. You got to check that thing out before you right, start. All right, Casey. Awesome. Well, Casey, we are heading into the game previews. It is week two in the what? NFL. Week Week two. It's slipping away. <laughs> Go yes. by so fast. It is. It is slipping away <laughs> right through our fingertips here. Um, I'll tell you what, Casey, there's a lot of good action uh, coming up uh, in week two, and we'll get things going here um, with uh, Thursday night football. It is the Minnesota Vikings at the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, and this is going to be uh, looking like a good one. Yeah, Eagles favored by seven and a half at home. 
A little sloppy last week. We got new coordinators, Sean Desai and OC Brian Johnson. They made their debuts last week, but BJ found out it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. <laughs> His side gig, rocking with ACDC. But let's go ahead and start with that Philly D. I mentioned to Kobe Dean. He's got the foot. He was wearing that green dot for the defense out there. So who's going to step up for that? It might be Reed right. Blankenship. This cat had 12 tackles last week. Jordan Davis, man, this guy was beasting Ooh, in his debut. Wow. Six tackles, a half sack, a tackle for loss. Six quarterback pressures, dude. This defense Damn. was great. They held New England to 76 yards on 22 carries. New England one of four on fourth down attempts. They forced Mack to throw 54 freaking times. I don't think the Vikes want that for Cousins. Now, offensively, it wasn't great. They did have the 16 quick points, but it was a pick six. And then Zeke fumbled on the 25. Note the Eagles didn't have the big play. It was missing. Their longest run, 16 yards. Their longest pass, 23 yards. Hmm. Maybe it was just opening week. Is why we saw a bunch of offenses struggling. But uh, only a short week, Thursday night. They got to get it right for the Vikings. We shall see. Yeah, and the Vikings got to get it right themselves after coming off of a loss in week one. Uh, Cousins had a great st start to the season, 75%, 344 yards, two touchdowns and a pick versus the Bucks, That's but good. in a loss, mm, right? That's so bad. came up short. Vikings struggled to run the ball with Madison. Obviously, they, they moved on from Cook in the offseason and handed it off to Madison. Well, he only gained 34 yards. That's just over three yards a clip, too. Not very good. It's only one game, but it is they are second to last in rushing, and the Eagles, mm. well, we already mentioned their, their defensive <laughs> front. Uh, so... That's not a good team to get right on the running game with either. Uh, Justin Jefferson was awesome, like as expected, 150 yards there. Jordan Addison gets his first touchdown in the NFL. That's going to be a nice tandem for the uh, for teams to deal with. And T.J. Hawkinson with eight, eight grabs of his own means that this team has a lot of good weapons offensively to distribute the ball, which is good news if they're struggling to run. Defensively, under, uh, under new D.C. Brian Flores, they showed some improvement, but it's still too early to really say. Uh, how how much different they will be uh, than last year's squad. But they did have a, a sack, no takeaways, unfortunately. Uh, and Minnesota lost the turnover battle negative three last week. So you just can't win very many football games. Mm -hmm. That's a recipe really to losing football games. And if they do that again this week, uh, they're not going to have much of a chance to beat the Eagles. All right, let's go ahead and get to Sunday. We got the Green Bay Packers at the Atlanta Falcons, and those Packers are one-point favorites on the road. Yeah, and the Packers uh, coming off a, an impressive win where they just absolutely crushed the Bears. Uh, I guess they still own the Bears um, at this point in time. Even Squatters' rights, baby. <laughs> all right. After you know, after hearing about how poorly Jordan Love played though all off season in the camp and stuff, I was expecting a disaster or, or something near that. It was a very pleasant surprise yeah. uh, for his first outing as the main man over there in in Green Bay, passing for 245 yards, three TDs, and no picks. That's 123-plus quarterback rating. So I'll take that any day of the week, not to mention add to that Aaron Jones running for 127 scrimmage yards. I think he – did he come up limping at some point? He with did, and but the, he says he's going to be okay. It was a minor thing, and they were blowing the Bears out, so he didn't have to get back in there. All so right, well. that's true. Hopefully he's back and, and good to go. Uh, it was a nice start, uh, again, to the Jordan Love era. It's going to be yeah. uh, interesting to watch and see how it unfolds. Yeah, and these Falcons, man, it was not sexy, but a win is a win, and we don't apologize for wins in the NFL, nope. baby. Lots of stuff to clean up. Only two and two of ten on third down. Drake London, one target. Kyle Pitts, three targets. No real passing game there. Atlanta was good, averaging five yards per carry, and they were three for three in the red zone. And of Atlanta's 48 plays, either Bijan or Algier touched the ball on over 70% of them. I like wow. that. And that duo accounted for 80% of the Falcons' total offensive production. But they got to get guys like uh, London and Pitts involved if they're going to plan on stacking some wins. Defense was solid, man. Two interceptions and a fumble, and they only gave up three points in the second half. Impressive. Moving along, Casey, it is the Las Vegas Raiders at the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills are favored by nine and a half. Woo. You know, as, as bad as it was for the Bills, it wasn't that bad. And it could have been much worse. Although Josh Allen, I don't know that he could have been much worse. Uh, much worse. 
two of seven for 41 yards and three interceptions on passes over 15 air yards, man. And a couple wow. of those times he just looked like he was just hucking it with no intention just to get rid of it. Yeah. Got to clean that up. Four turnovers in total, including the fumble. Um, the Jets scored 13 of their 16 regulation points following a Buffalo turnover. Don't turn wow. the ball over. And yeah. Josh Allen's starting to get that rep of being a turnover machine, dude. Yeah. Nine and 13 when Allen turns the ball over two or more times. 43 and 13 when he turns it over one or less. I have an idea, Dave. Don't turn the ball over. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds reasonable. <laughs> right? All right, let's talk about these Raiders who came away with an impressive victory, divisional victory, too, against the Broncos. Um, and it, it was a pretty nice game from Jimmy G. He's always been good when you put pieces around him and he stays upright and healthy. He yeah. was 20 of 26, uh, almost 77% for 200 yards, two touchdowns, just one pick. So a really nice game efficiency-wise for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, and Josh Jacobs, just 71 yards from scrimmage, but still that's a solid contribution from Josh Jacobs. Uh, Jimmy G, uh, you know, he's got uh, plenty of good weapons, obviously, uh, around him on this team. Uh, we'll see about Devontae Adams' uh, availability for this next game. He's, he's listed as questionable, so but I'm Man. guessing he's going to go. Yeah, if him and Myers, that could be bad news for those Raiders. All right, up next, nice AFC North battle, the Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals, dude. And the Bengals are three-point favorites in this game. Okay, after that performance the other yeah. day, I'll let you get into that, though, as I covered the Ravens side of this story, Casey, coming off an easy victory to the Texans. It wasn't easy, really, in that first half, but it ended up uh, pretty easy in the in the big picture. Todd Munkin, new offensive coordinator, much anticipated new offensive uh, scheme over there in Baltimore. And Lamar was very efficient, although very modest numbers, uh, completed 17 of 22, so 77%, uh, which is great. Just 169 yards and then tack in 38 more yards on the ground. Uh, Andrews did not play in this one. So he's he's the obviously the traditionally the main man there uh, catches everything really. And uh, who was there? Well, Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham are the new additions there. Very exciting. Zay Flowers, nine catches, 78 yards. Odell Beckham Jr., just 38 yards or 37 yards rather in his uh, debut as a Raven. But expect him to uh, round into shape. He certainly is. Uh, and a, th a threat that defenses have to consider in a big way. So they've got some nice pieces there. Unfortunately, J.K. Dobbins, we mentioned at the top, out for the season. So other guys have to step up. Fantasy alert. Justice Hill uh, did have two touchdowns rushing the football last week. This team is still going to run the ball very efficiently mm -hmm. and effectively. And then the other guy there, Gus, Ed Gus Edwards, uh, another guy that's going to touch the, the ball there out of the backfield. Uh, defensively, they also uh, have Marcus Williams, a safety. He is out with a pectoral. Uh, they only gave up nine points last week, uh, but that was a rookie quarterback. And uh, this is a different situation. And this week, the, the defense racked up five sacks, though, last week and got a takeaway. So facing a Cincy offense coming off last week's performance, I don't. I, what are we going to get there? But it can't be as bad as last week's uh, performance was. So I'll let you get into it. Yeah, I hope not. You know, Burrow missing time with the calf is a big reason why the offense wasn't clicking. But 82 Absolutely. yards, bro, Whew. two of 15 on third down. Six first downs the entire game, dude. Mind you want to have your freaking mind blown? Chase, Higgins, and Boyd combined for seven receptions, 49 yards, dude. Higgs. It was raining, though, Casey. Is oh, it yeah. Oh, yeah. It was raining. Yeah, that had to be it. <laughs> it, it seemed like uh, Deshaun could still throw in that rain, but maybe he's Good. used to being lubed up a little bit and holding on oh. to the belt. I don't know. That's a whole other deal. But, um, yeah, Higgs. Zero catches, dude. Defense wow. was okay. They did struggle against the run, but they were on the field for almost 36 minutes. Joey B now one and five versus Cleveland. And That's if they shocking. don't figure something out, they're going to be not only 0 and 2, but 0 and 2 in the division. But, you know, Joe Cool stays cool. We shall see what happens. Yeah. All right. Up next, it's the Seattle Seahawks on the road to Detroit to play the Lions, where the Lions are favored by five and a half in this one. Yeah, dude, and the Hawks last week at home in the nest with the 12s. Usually they kick total butt, and at halftime they were up 13-7, looked pretty good. 
mm-hmm. moved to the second half, outscored 23 to nothing, man. These guys could not sustain any drives, and they couldn't stop the Rams. Seahawks, two for nine on third down. The Rams, 11 for 17. You thought that 36 minutes was bad um, for uh, Cleveland. The Rams held the ball for almost 40 minutes in that game. Dude, you can't win games when you don't have the ball for 20 minutes. Geno, 16 to 26 for 112. I'm going out on a limb here, Dave, and I'm going to say 13 points will not beat the Lions. I have to agree with that, Casey. <laughs> Let's talk these lines. They came away. Uh, they were the offseason darling kind of last offseason, mm-hmm. and they started off rough, but they really finished the season strong, and that gave everybody hope, including the schedule makers, to put them out there on that Thursday night football against the Chiefs. Even though we all thought they would lose that football game, we mm-hmm. thought it would be a good game to watch, right? Of course, it would be an entertaining football game and a close game, but Sure enough, they were able to hold off the the Chiefs and uh, get things going and get the W there. Very impressive. Now, high expectations going into that game, and those expectations have now elevated, I think, a little bit. Goff was pretty successful, 253 yards and a touchdown, no pick in week one. So um, a nice outing for Goff. Jameer Gibbs flashed the excitement that made him the 12th overall pick. He had 60 scrimmage yards. So it was – a really a, a look at this Lions team and just the the I think the excitement is absolutely just building right now. For oh, this yeah. And it's Warner, dude. It's such a fun squad. Love Dan Campbell, like yep. the reclamation project that is Jared Goff and all these other weapons, yep. man. St. Brown, Gibbs, Montgomery. Sexy, bro. Big time. All right, up next, we have the Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans, and the Texans are one-and-a-half-point favorites at home. All right, and this Texan squad coming off that loss um, to the Ravens. Uh, new head coach, D'Amico Ryans, though, they're trying to give them a, a you know that new identity and that fresh mm-hmm. start in the quarterback, C.J. Stroud, uh, the rookie. Uh, you know, not terrible at all. 28 of 44, 63.6%. So nice percentage, 242, zero picks in the NFL de- de- uh, debut there. And under a ton of pressure, sacked five times in this one, Casey. It's very mm-hmm. difficult for a rookie quarterback to succeed. And then you, if you're not going to give him the time back there, uh, it is even more difficult uh, to get things going. But uh, the Houston defense on the other side did their part and, uh, had four sacks and two takeaways. So that's why this game was a little close for a while for these guys. And if they can do that this week, they can keep, they can hang around and uh, keep themselves in the ball game and maybe get the chance for the quarterback to get a little something going there. Defensively though, speaking of rookies, Will Anderson, six tackles and a sack last week. Those are early dividends uh, coming back for that very high pick. They did give a lot of draft capital up to go get him there, but uh, he was one of the no-brainers in this draft, and uh, it's ob- it's obviously paying off. So he's a great talent. Yeah, ROI one week into that thing too. Um, yeah. Indy's got their own young stud quarterback too, Anthony Richardson. He was a little better than expected last week. Twenty-four, thirty-seven, two twenty-three. He had a TD and an interception, running the ball ten carries for forty yards. The bad news is, dude, you take away Richardson's forty rush yards and the Colts running backs were 16 carries for 25 yards, bro. They got to get Jonathan Taylor gruntled like Chris Jones was because he would be such an awesome part to this offense. It's got some young level. See if they can get this thing sorted out and get everybody happy, man. That would be a fun, fun lineup to watch. But we know he's going to miss a few weeks no matter what. On the defensive side of the ball, dude, Zaire Franklin, a career-high 18 tackles versus the Jags. Grover Stewart, not super Grover, but he was on Sunday, <laughs> held the Jags running backs to 3.3 per carry. And DeForest Buckner balling, baby. He had the strip sack, fumble recovery, touchdown. The fat lineman's dream, getting it all done. He was a pass rush monster. Yeah. Only two sacks as a team. But C.J. Stroud might be in a little trouble in this one. Okay. All right, moving it along, Casey, to one of the highlight games of the weekend for me, for sure. Kansas City Chiefs are two-and-a-half-point favorites as they head to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. This is going to be a fun one. Yeah, I don't know if it's too early to call Casey desperate, but this is a rematch of a divisional round game last year. Kansas City sacked J-Law five times on the way to the 27-17 win. 
but it was about December of last year when Trevor Lawrence started playing really good football. Since the uh, Jags won five consecutive games at home, including comeback win, sorry, Dave, over the Chargers in the AFC playoffs. <laughs> and in those five games, dude, wins over the Raiders, Ravens, Cowboys, Titans, Chargers. J-Law engineered a drive that either gave Jacksonville its game-winning points in the fourth quarter or overtime or sent the game into overtime. He's playing his best football when the game is on the line, when it matters most. They said this guy was a generational quarterback. I'm not ready to go there yet, but we're starting to see the things that make him special, and it's pretty damn fun to watch. Last week, four different receivers with at least five receptions, including the return of Agent Zero, Calvin Ridley. He had eight for 101 and a touchdown. And dang, 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 dang. Fantasy free agent Zay Jones, he's still out there in most leagues. He had five for 55 and a touchdown. The hmm. Jags didn't run the ball well. A late 26-yard TD by Etienne made things look a little bit better. But that Jags run D made the Colts really miss Jonathan Taylor. Like I said, they were they did not get much going. Um, three turnovers, four sacks, three of those sacks by Josh Allen. Defense doing it, offense doing it. Jags are brewing something strong down there in Jayville, baby. Yep, this is a legitimate Jaguar squad, and this is going to be a legitimate challenge for them as this Kansas City Chief team doesn't usually lose two games in a row, and certainly to start the season. But coming off that one-point loss to Detroit, a game that, of course, had no Travis Kelsey, and his absence was definitely felt by Mahomes, who leans on Kelsey so much when the play breaks down to make that big play. So a, a no play or an incomplete turns into a huge play instead. And with the lesser-proven wide receivers, they were more mistake prone in those circumstances as in the deflection off of Kadarius Tony's hands that turned into a pick six, ultimately costing the chiefs the football game. Um, Mahomes, a pedestrian start with the 77.5 uh, passer rating, just two touchdowns and a pick there, that pick that was of course the deadly one there. Um, although he did have 45 rushing yards. So he moved the change using his legs accordingly. Um, and, but unfortunately that was, half of the team's rushing output right there oh, that's no good. so yeah they were unable to get um, a lot going on the ground there kelsey expected to return this week that is great news although uh break blake bell the other uh, tight end uh, had former a center right the the belldozer um and then rashi rice the rookie both scoring touchdowns uh on catches there so impressive and marquis valdez scantling mvs had 48 yards uh, receiving as well. So they've got um, a lot of pieces, really. Mahomes, in fact, connected with 11 different receivers in the game, but none of them really separated themselves mm -hmm. from the pack like Tyree Kill used to or like Kelsey Wood and Will uh, coming into this game as we expect him to be playing. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, the seventh-round phenom from last year, um, he led the team with 54 uh, scrimmage yards, but only, like I said, 23 rushing yards for mm -hmm. uh, for Pacheco. Uh, they also have McKinnon, but he's more of a receiving uh, we weapon there. So they've got to get that ground game going. Now, we talked about um, them getting Chris Jones back in that one, and that is going to be an enormous boost for this defense. They were unable to attack like they normally do when they're leading and they're going after the quarterback. Mm -hmm. The defense only had one sack last week. They did get one re uh, fumble recovery, but they're like an attack defense, you know. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, again, Casey, on a not another side note, which kind of has got me going and really worked up over here. How will the officials um, enforce the rules now that it was pointed out that offensive lineman Juwan Taylor lined up in the backfield basically <laughs> on every freaking play and got a fucking head start, excuse my language, head start on every play, literally two penalties per play on every offensive play. Hello, refs, do your job. He's like the offensive Chester McLaughlin from back in the day. Right. <laughs> that guy with his helmet in the neutral halfway zone. over the ball. <laughs> like, how can he not be offside? <laughs> Tell me how you really feel, Dave. All right. Okay, <laughs> up sorry, next. a little worked up there. <laughs> Moving along. Jeez. <laughs> we got the Chicago Bears at the Tampa Bay Bucks, and the Bucks are three-point favorites at home. Talk about these Bears, Dave. How about those Bears? The Bears. Okay, they lost to the Packers, and it was – it was close initially, but it didn't end up close in the long run. They got clobbered. Justin Fields totaled 275 yards. 59 of them were rushing. So, you know, he still got his legs, and that's that's obviously going to be an enormous part of his weapons. But we thought maybe there would be more to the passing game. Mm -hmm. 
and he did have one touchdown uh, and one pick. But DJ Moore seemed to be uh, not an impact for this team, at least initially here. And he was a big piece of that trade uh, in the offseason. Uh, and all those draft picks that they acquired, he was one of those pieces that was so valued by them. Darnell Mooney did have four catches for um, 53 yards and the touchdown uh, reception that they got. And Cole Komet, of course, is a is another contributor there. But they could not get the, the run game going. And, um, you know, they cannot uh, afford to be a, a team that can't run and has to pass. That's not going to work. So uh, they, they better um, go back to the drawing board this week and see what they can conjure up. See if there's any baby Ditkas out there to come and yeah. help. Yeah, dude. And how about these Bucks, baby? Shake and bake. Baker Mayfield gets a road win in his first start for the Bucks, And I thought he played great, man, especially late in this thing. The Bucks' last two drives, 10 plays, 38 yards, 446. That set the go-ahead field goal up. And then their ensuing drive, 10 plays, 39 yards, eating up the final three minutes and 52 seconds to end the game. How do you win a game? You don't give it back to the other team and let them score, man. It was really good. Uh, Didn't give the ball back. Zero turnovers. Devon White and Levante David, they combined for 20 tackles. Part of that defense that created three turnovers on the day. They were pressuring Cousins. They were shutting down that run. It'll be interesting to see if that translates to a more mobile quarterback. But if they leave it up to Justin Fields to throw, the Bucs could be looking at 2-0, and dude. All right. Up next, it is the Los Angeles Chargers at the Tennessee Titans. The Chargers on the road are favored by three in this one. Yeah, dude. Tannehill was not good last week. A passer rating of 28.8. The Titans just 2 of 12 on third down. That's 16%. <laughs> And Tannehill, 16 to 34 with three interceptions, dude. Um, to find some good in here, Nick Falk, Falconet, baby, five of five on uh, field goals. But they were from 27, 29, 31. That means they're getting down there and not yeah. able to finish. That's bad news. Seven. That's why you bring in DeAndre Hopkins, man. You want to get some scores in the end zone. Two long field goals, but those are the ones that concern me, the shorties. 0 for 3 in the red zone. Um, they got to get the king going, dude. He was not a major part of this game, and it was weird because it was like a, against the Saints, it was a slugfest, man. Um, the good thing about those Titans, their defense was solid. They held the Saints to just 69 rushing yards on the day at 2.6 per carry. So the good thing is for the Chargers, Tyreek Hill ain't coming out of that locker room for these Titans, baby. Thank God. Yeah, let's. I mean, let's get it started with Brandon Staley, uh, who are, some people put him on the hot seat. I, I'm not one of those, but uh, after last week's performance, uh, the 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 Chargers secondary was absolutely eviscerated by Tua and Tyreek Hill uh, to the tune of 500 plus yards. Ooh. It was absolutely uh, mind blowing. Uh, the good news is they were better against the run. Uh, but <laughs> that's because the Dolphins <laughs> didn't really feel like running, and they don't point. have Derrick Henry. That's right. They don't have Derrick Henry. The Chargers actually do have arguably one of the statistically one game into it, the best running game defense in the league, but the worst pass defense in the league. Um, on the other side of the ball there with um, the new coordinator, Kellen Moore, coming over, there was a lot of hope and excitement about that. The passing game didn't really click like it normally is. When you look at the, the Herbert's uh, statistics, they're not terrible, but they, they didn't have a good rhythm in the passing game. And he was under a little bit more pr- pressure than I thought he would be considering the offensive line the Chargers have put together. The good news is that the Chargers ran for more than 200 yards, which I believe is at least 10 years, probably closer to 15 years since the Chargers have run for the, the number of yards, which I believe is somewhere around 225 or something like that. Wow. Um, both uh, Eckler and um, the uh, running Kelly. back. Uh, Kelly, thank you, um, had phenomenal performances, both uh, averaging around five yards a carry. So um, those were the good news there. And the Chargers had a chance to win that football game right at the end. Uh, they just were unable to drive and get the W. This uh, this has got to be an opportunity for the Chargers to continue to develop that run game and to make so- it something that we can um, really hang our hat on. And like you said, 
you don't give the ball back at the end by by being a good run team. You you, you run it out and you and you win the football game. Last year, these two teams played. It was very close. The Chargers needed a very amazing catch by Mike Williams to set up a go uh, yeah. a, a, a game winning field goal. There, it was less than a minute drive. That was about seventy yards or sixty yards or something like that. So phenomenal finish last year. Hopefully, uh, it will be a little less nerve wracking this year, and the Chargers can find a way into the W column. All right, Dave, let's go ahead and move into the late games. And if you like football, this might not be the game for you. We got the New York Giants at the Arizona Cardinals, and the Giants are four-and-a-half-point favorites. And if they score four-and-a-half, that will be their first points of the season. Ooh, baby. All right, this Cardinals squad coming off of a loss, and I think most of the people are, are accusing the Cardinals of tanking, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't know if there's Collapse any evidence for Caleb. Right. There you go. I don't know if there's any evidence in this particular performance because it looked like they were in this football game and and, you know, punch for punch here against the commanders. But they came up short there offensively, just 16 points. Josh Dobbs, uh, 21 of 30. So 70 percent. Pretty nice, but only 132 yards defensively, uh, though, the Cardinals six sacks and three takeaways. So there's where they were really, um, you know, cashing in, uh, including a fumble. Uh, that was returned for a touchdown. So uh, that's what kept them kind of in contention uh, for as long as they were against the commander's team. Uh, but uh, I think as expected, they were unable to hold on and get that W. Uh, so it, it's going to be a tough situation facing this giant squad mm-hmm. that was thoroughly embarrassed by your Cowboys on Sunday night football last week. You can't get that taste out of your mouth until you get to that next game and start playing some more football. Yeah, and overall, week one's kind of a fakey week, especially with a lot of these teams not playing in the preseason. You don't really know what these guys are going to be, and then you get a couple games and kind of sort it out. But the Giants started out strong, dude. That first drive, they rushed nine times and only 19 the rest of the game. They got away from the run way too early. And even when it was 16 to nothing, you still have time to run the ball. You're still in the first quarter, man. They gave up on it way too early. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not sure it would have mattered. It would have mattered to Daniel Jones, that's for certain. But I don't know if the Giants win. But, dude, these guys get too cute and they bail. Saquon is where your money is made on that team. Um, but the Giants were overwhelmed in almost every facet. That's the type of game. You just burn the tape and move on. Do not panic yet unless we see more of what we saw from those G-men on Sunday night. So um, still plenty of time here. I thought I would go with whoever's playing the Cardinals for my knockout game. I'm not sure I can do that this week because I haven't seen it from the Giants yet that I have any faith in them. So they were a playoff team last year, won a lot of games. We questioned how they did it last year. And so far this week, I mean, this year doesn't look like they're going to win a bunch of games, but it's one week. It's one week. All right. Up next, the San Francisco 49ers are favored by seven on the road to play the Los Angeles Rams, a divisional matchup. Yeah, and I would be shocked to see these Rams win this game because it was the biggest shock of the week for me last week, yeah. them dominating in Seattle. Puka Nakua, baby, and Tutu Atwell, both over 100 yards receiving, but only 92 yards on 40 rushes for those Rams. But somehow, dude, they held the ball for almost 40 minutes. Unbelievable. And they outscored the Seahawks 23-0 in the second half. And it's a butt, and it's a big butt, Dave, but not counting the NFC Championship, these Rams have lost eight in a row to the 49ers, dude. Chalk them up. Nine. Nine. <laughs> Chalk them up for another one, huh? All right. Well, Niners coming up, uh, coming up a big game where they beat up on the Steelers, and some people were picking the Steelers in that game. That's how uh, – yeah. So uh, you weren't alone. Believe me, uh, the Niners came out there and reminded us how, how good of a football team they actually are when they have a functional quarterback wh- whose arm is is properly you know working there. Brock Purdy, a nice day, 220 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. So a very efficient, modest day. Christian McCaffrey, though, do- does what he does with 169 scrimmage yards. Brandon Ayuk has taken... I thought he was there last year towards the end of the season, but he seems he's taken that next step as a premier receiver with eight grabs, 129 yards and two touchdowns in this one. He was a, he was the moneymaker there. As the, the kiddies say, he is him. Yeah, that's right. That's, they, do they say that really? That sounds <laughs> a little, okay. Um, <laughs> defensively five sacks, two takeaways. They are arguably 
uh, the best defense in the league, but certainly among the best defenses. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And, yeah, and, and this will be – yeah, we'll see one of them. This will be another opportunity for them. Uh, that Rams offense is uh, – certainly the, the line is loaded with some younger players, so we'll see how that fares. All right, Dave, up next. It doesn't have the shine that it did, but it's still going to be a huge game. The New York Jets at my Dallas Cowboys, and the Cowboys are favored by three at Jarrow World. Yeah, we had talked about this, but Casey, the football uh, gods were not kind to the Jets. All the preseason hype, uh, hard knocks treatment, a new and rejuvenated Aaron Rodgers, and just four plays into his Jets debut. Uh, season is over with the torn Achilles. Awesome. Um, unbelievably devastating. Next man up is Zach Wilson who was abruptly removed from his expected two-year internship under Rodgers, uh, which was designed to reinvent his career after being completely derailed. Now it's go time for Wilson, and the real pressure is on him now because this is a playoff-caliber team around him, and he has got to show that he just can carry his weight, basically. Good news, the Jets got an exciting win in Week 1, but in order to keep that momentum going, not knowing Rodgers is coming back, that is going to be a test of their emotional like strength as a squad. Um, exciting uh, finish with Xavier Gibson, the rookie, that 65-yard punt return. That is just the third overtime punt return in NFL history. Wanted to get that in there because that see, that shocked me. First of all, I was like, wow, that's an amazingly rare feat right there. Zach Wilson was decent, uh, 21, uh, 14 mm-hmm. of 21, 140 yards and a touchdown, but that pick was awful, right? And yeah. uh, Garrett Wilson... Uh, certainly looking like the offensive rookie of the year from last year. They need more out of him Uh, and Lazard. Brees Hall, wow, very explosive runs from Brees Hall and 147 scrimmage yards, including that 83-yarder Dalvin Cook uh, up there with 59 scrimmage yards too. And let's talk about this Jets defense real fast. They are legit, dude. Quinn Williams and company. Quinn Williams, five tackles, a tackle floss, and a forced fumble. And the defense collects five sacks and four takeaways in this game. Are you kidding me? Uh, they're going to be uh, need to be that dominant that this year, this this week again, though. Um, the old saying, run it and play defense. I think mm-hmm. that's what they need to they really need to hang their hat on that that mantra. Yeah, we'll see what the Jets have left in the tank after losing Rodgers and having such an emotional overtime victory going the length. Yeah. Now a short week for Monday night. But the Cowboys better not. uh you know, think that their shit doesn't smell and they can walk over these jets because they will be sorely mistaken, man. That is yeah. a good football team. And I also think the, the tutelage that Wilson got with these months with Rogers is going to have a lasting effect. So um, I think Zach Wilson is a different player than he was, but I'm here to talk about the Cowboys. Couldn't have gone much better than it did last week. Um, you blink and it's 16, nothing. The defense absolutely overwhelmed. Uh, Dimebag Danny and those Giants, dude, 171 yards, no points given up, seven sacks, three turnovers, a blocked field goal for a touchdown, and a pick six. So we haven't really got to see what this Texas Coast offense is going to be, and also it was raining down so bad in uh, Meadowlands or whatever it's called, MetLife. Um, That won't be the case in Dallas. We'll finally get to see a taste of this new look. Dallas offense, a lot of the the West Coast features there. Tony Pollard didn't know how he was going to respond after the broken leg. He looked sweet. He looked fast, 70 yards and two touchdowns last week. Um, Very limited. Shoddy said they didn't have to show a bunch because the game was out of hand right off the bat. See if Dallas is going to be able to run on these Jets, and if they can't run, can they protect Dak? Tyler Smith might be back in this thing. I thought overall the offensive line – was pretty good. Might not have Brandon Cooks already. He's a little banged up. If he's not in, it's a, a great opportunity for Jalen Tolbert to step up. And we got finally got to see Cavante Turpin more involved in the offense. I was mm-hmm. clamoring for it all last year. Let's see more out of this guy. He had a whole offseason with the team, and that really uh, worked out. He had the rushing touchdown last year. We didn't get to see much of Deuce. He came in late in that game uh, when all the – the second stringers were in there and they weren't blocking all that well and got to see a little bit of Rico Dava want more of that. So um, this is a great test for this offense. We don't have much to go off of last week, so I'll see what they can do against the jets. And um, it's going to be awesome to see Micah Parsons, man, this guy, he was unstoppable last week. Let's see what happens this week with a shaky jets offensive line. Woo. 
All right, folks, moving on to the Washington Commanders at the Denver Broncos. Broncos are at home and favored by three and a half. Yeah, Washington overcame three turnovers, six sacks, and eight penalties and scored 10 fourth-quarter points to steal that win from the Cards. Defense absolutely legit last week. Held the Cards to 414 on third down and 210 total yards and only three second-half points. They need more cohesion on offense. They need Howell to take care of the ball. Need to lean on Brian Robinson and see if we can get a little scary Terry going. But that Washington defense was outstanding last week. See if they can uh, translate it on the road. Yeah, let's hope so. But how about this uh, Broncos squad? Supposed to be, uh, you know, reinvented with Sean Payton at the helm there. Uh, but they come up short and they lose to the Raiders. Russell Wilson was pretty good, almost 80% passing, but just 177 yards. So not really a lot going downfield there. Two touchdowns, zero picks. So, so a good game there. Javante Williams, 52 rushing yards. Samaj P. Ryan, 78 from scrimmage. My so Facebook decent. friend, Samaj P. Ryan, Dave. Right. My mistake. I apologize for not crediting uh, you with that. Um, uh, you know, Jerry Judy uh, looking to come back this this week. Not sure what the status of Judy is. He's the most He's in disguise. Yeah, <laughs> okay. And then Cortland Sutton, he had a touchdown. Not to mention, of course, the guy named Lil Jordan Humphrey Casey. He had a TD catch last My yeah, dude. Got that in there. Uh, so Lil Jordan with a touchdown catch. So they're going to need uh, more contributions from those guys. And, uh, yeah, it seems like they should have won this game, but they did not. They did not. All right, Dave, Sunday night, Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. The Dolphins, two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Talk about these Pats. Yeah, Pats came up short last week versus the Eagles, but they did play them close. The running back uh, attack of uh, Stevenson, uh, he had uh, 89 scrimmage yards, and Zeke, 43 scrimmage yards. Um, but that wasn't really effective enough, really. It didn't seem like they got the ground game going there. A lot of those scrimmage yards were uh, receptions. Uh, and uh, the, the evidence is here with Mac Jones throwing the ball 54 times, okay? He, he did hit 35 out of 54 for almost 65%. So, uh, 316 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. So a pretty nice performance, but Jones passing 54 times, dot, dot, dot. I don't like the ending of that story very often, right? So no. I don't think that's a recipe that they want to try and repeat. They got to get the ground game going. Kendrick Bourne was really nice with six catches, 64 yards, and two scores. Can't uh, discredit him there. Devontae Parker, I think they're thinking he's going to come back, former Dolphin, as well as Mike Gusecki, another former Dolphin. So there's a little, uh, you know, whatever, uh, old old Dolphins in here, incest is best, I guess, in the East. But Juju Smith-Schuster and Hunter Henry, plenty of weapons. Hunter, Hunter Henry had a score last week. Um, defensively, they gave up over uh, just over 250 yards and had three sacks and a takeaway. So a solid defensive performance uh, last week. But the offense for the Dolphins um, – you know, was unstoppable last week. So we'll yeah. see what uh, they're going to Belichick and company are going to have their hands full. I don't know. I mean, whoo, they were, they were looking good. The dolphins. So yeah. Tyreek Hill, uh, the third player ever with three plus games of 200 plus yards and multiple touchdowns doing an exquisite list there. Oh, and Tyreek just on pace for 3,655 yards, 187 receptions and 34 <laughs> touchdowns. Those are quarterback numbers, dude. It's absolutely Holy insane. Shit. I don't think he's going to stay up there, but man, wow. It's crazy what this guy is doing. And even without their left tackle Armstead last week, Miami, um, 45 dropbacks, zero sacks, and only two hits on Tua. Protecting Tua was a major point of emphasis for this team moving forward, and that's what they did. And Tua's yeah. great, dude. 466 yards and three touchdowns. If you want to nitpick, uh, Tua did lose one of two fumbles, and he threw an interception. And as a team, only seven yards rushing. Why would you rush when you can throw it to Tyreek, though? They will need more of that run game versus New England. Uh, the Fangio defense gave up 234 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. That's six yards a carry. That is in New England's wheelhouse. That could be a problem on Sunday night. Yeah. The D did have three sacks on the day, two of which on the Chargers' last drive of that game with the game on the line. I have yeah. a feeling this game is not going to be a 36-34 shootout. <laughs> no doubt about it. Okay, <laughs> moving along to the Monday Night Football doubleheader, the overlapping doubleheader, starting off with the New Orleans Saints heading to Carolina to play the Panthers. Saints are on, uh, are, are favored rather by three in this one. 
Yeah, Bryce Young era starting like it does for many young quarterbacks drafted first overall. Shaky. 20 of 38, yep. not bad. 146 yards, not great. Touchdown, eh, two interceptions. Panthers are going to have to lean on Miles and Chuba, get that run game going if they're going to have any chance in this game. D was pretty good last week. They only gave up 221 total yards. Brian Burns, seven tackles, one and a half sacks, and his eighth career forced fumble. Home game, Monday night. Uh, Young's first start at home. Maybe they can make this thing interesting. They have to make it physical, and they're going to have to have some luck. Yeah, and this Saints squad, uh, you know, this could shape out to be a pretty good group. They edged out the Titans last week. Derek Carr, reborn there in the black and gold And uh, he was decent there with 23 of 33, almost 70% with 305 yards and a touchdown um, and one pick as well. Uh, Chris Olave, eight receptions, 112 yards. So he picks up where he left off in his rookie season. And then Rashid Shahid, another uh, really nice weapon for these guys. Maybe you don't know about Waiver wire. Yeah, waiver wire, exactly. Um, 100 uh, scrimmage yards for Shahid. So a really nice performance uh, by the entire Saints kind of new look offense there under Derek Carr defensively three sacks and three takeaways. So if they can kind of produce those numbers defensively against the Carolina Panthers, I think they're in pretty good shape this weekend. All right. Up next, the Cleveland Browns are at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Browns are on the road and favored by one and a half against the Steelers. Yeah, dude. Pittsburgh got beat down by a really good San Francisco team last week. Kenny Pickett brutalized all day, two interceptions, five sacks, and now he doesn't have Deontay Johnson. He's got that tweaked hammy. He's gone for at least a couple weeks. Allen Robinson led this team in targets. He's probably on the waiver wire, too, if you got a chance to go out there and get someone. But my guy, Patrick John Henry Aloysius Fryermuth. He needs more than one reception, and the Steelers need more than 10 carries. 10 carries, 40 yards for a Pittsburgh Steelers team? That's sacrilege, bro. Primetime in Pittsburgh. Do not count these Steelers out. Watch them bounce back in a big way. It's divisional, and it's personal. Yeah, it is divisional. (laughs) And uh, the the Browns here have been coming away with a win in week one, having destroyed the Bengals. I mean, with a really – the arguably the most impressive domination of the entire weekend. Deshaun Watson playing a little bit better than the rusty version that we saw at the end of last year, 199 total yards, including 45 rushing yards, two TDs, including uh, one run TD as well. So looked like he was doing what he needed to do to, to get this Browns team moving in that absolute downpour deluge over there. Um, Nick Chubb, was just chubbing it up like he does for 127 scrimmage yards. And on the other side, Miles Garrett, a sack last week, and he is an absolute beast. It, mm-hmm. it seems like he's unstoppable. Eventually, he's going to get his sack every game. And the Browns' defense absolutely dominated Joe Burrow. Um, so we'll see what they, they can do against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and their young quarterback. It's going to be sweet, baby. Week two's action is good. It's wooly. It's wild. It is awesome. And that is going to do it, folks. So many ways you can check out the football dudes. The Trend Zone is now available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, subscribe to the Football Dudes YouTube channel. Like us on Instagram and Facebook. And follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA. And make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. All right. That's uh, also head on over to footballdudes.com. It's all there for you. That is going to do it for this episode of the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football for Casey. I'm Dave, and we are out of here.